Wednesday, June 22nd, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool stock advisor Andy Cross, from Million Dollar Portfolio Ron Gross, and from Motley Fool Hidden Gems Charlie Travers. Guys, good to see you as always. Hey, Chris. Hi, Chris. FedEx and Amazon in the news for very different reasons. We will get to those stories in a minute, but we will begin with Hulu. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that the internet video website is weighing whether to sell itself after being approached with an unsolicited offer. Hulu is currently owned by Disney, News Corp, and Comcast NBC Universal Division. Uh, Charlie, I will start with you. Several names spring to mind in terms of potential buyers Apple, Amazon, Netflix. Um, the LA Times reported that Yahoo had recently reached out to Hulu on a possible deal. What, what do you make of all this? Yeah, I wouldn't actually be surprised if Hulu really is on the market if you consider the ownership structure of this business. It's a combination of Disney, News Corp, which owns Fox, and uh, NBC Universal, which is now owned by Comcast, along with the private equity firm Providence Equity Partners. And so this is kind of a marriage of competitors which are running Hulu. <laughs> And you got to imagine these board meetings are, you know, quite interesting as they're all trying to, you know, get the best deal going for Hulu while simultaneously looking out for their own broadcast interests uh, where they fight, you know, tooth and nail. Um, so, you know, maybe it would be better for everybody to kind of clean up the ownership structure of Hulu and have it owned by somebody else who's going to look out for its best interests. Ron, what do you think? Charlie, what do you, I, the ownership structure kind of gives them uh, access to content in yes. a very real sense. What happens right. if, if someone else that doesn't have that content comes in and acquires them? Well, I think that depends on the nature of the contracts they signed with each individual company, and they do not disclose what's in there, I think, for probably obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if there's like a change of control clauses that would you know let them break the contract or not. Um, but the reality is, is that the old broadcast model is slowly dying, and people don't necessarily want to tune in at a specific date and time to watch their shows. And Hulu and, you know, companies like Netflix are the wave of the future and their popularity shows it. Charlie, is Netflix really an option here, you think? I, I, I got to think no. To buy I mean, Hulu? To buy Hulu? Like, are they... I, I mean, wouldn't Hulu think so. Hulu has what, like a million subscribers and yes. Netflix has 20... 20- so Plus Hulu was kind of talking IPO a little while yeah. back, and the idea was, you know, they'd raise a couple hundred million bucks and get a valuation of two to three billion dollars. Netflix doesn't have that much cash in the bank; they'd have to issue shares to do it. And I'm not sure it's really a strategic fit. You know, Netflix seems pretty keyed into their kind of cable shows and movies, and you know, the the network kind of stuff really hasn't been their bread and butter. Yeah, Netflix has that recommendation engine, the website, and the rabid customer loyalty too. So I just right. think Hulu doesn't have all. All that I think maybe having the joint ownership structure just wasn't really efficient for them. Right. And if I was them, I'd be shopping myself too. My my dark horse bet for the suitor is Dish Network. They've been on a buying spree this spring. They picked up Blockbuster, which gave them uh, their own digital streaming contents. Kind of to Ron's point earlier, uh, they get all the rights that Blockbuster formerly had with the studios. And Dish is also picking up some uh, satellite providers, which gives them broadband capabilities. And to roll Hulu in to this mix would be interesting. And we'll see what happens. And but, they did say, sorry, Chris, they did. Say say that um, when Dish 
dish bought Blockbuster that Netflix has this huge competitive advantage. So maybe right. this is a way for Hulu and, and, for uh, them he, to Charlie Ergen said it was insurmountable. Yeah, so maybe there is a way for for Charlie to say, "Hey, I can and, I can and buy and a small." They previously property. said Hulu's a threat to their TV business yeah. because why would people pay for satellite subscriptions when you can go on you know the internet and get the show for free? Yeah. But Dish bought Blockbuster for like a ham sandwich. Uh, Hulu <laughs> is going to cost considerably more than whatever well, Dish paid for. That, Blockbuster. That's an interesting. You know, uh, Dish has kind of, you know, made a name for itself, picking companies the scraps out of bankruptcy and, you know, creating tremendous value with them. And Hulu's not that kind of situation. But Charlie Ergen is incredibly smart. Uh, and we'll see. Uh, Dish does have over $3 billion cash in the bank. They can swing the deal. Shares of FedEx up today as the company reported better than expected fourth quarter earnings. Andy, how is uh, how's FedEx getting it done? Yeah, they're, they're actually doing very well in an economy that's, I mean... Just this fact alone, they they are th- looking at earnings growth for next year uh, of thirty to forty percent, and the economy will grow what maybe two and a half three percent. So just that alone, growth in all their divisions, cost cutting helping. This is a company that's built for global scale and a global economy, and they are certainly doing well. Ron, yeah, from a bellwether perspective, I would have liked to see a little bit more domestic strength. This was pretty strong from an international perspective. So hopefully going forward, if their cost structure, if their costs subside and this inflation isn't real inflation, but the kind that's transitory, I want to see that domestic business pick up. The interesting thing, as as Ron mentioned, the bellwether for the macro economy is, they, is FedEx will spend more than $4 billion on airplanes and uh, capital uh, goods to ship their products all around the world. That's up from three and a half or three point four billion this year. So they that is going that kind of investment um, bodes well for the global economy um, and, and and I think it does bode well for the US economy as well because that spending is going to kick off a lot of good benefits down the road. And finally Amazon is in the news as several states, including Texas and California, are seriously considering the so-called Amazon tax, which would repeal the exemption that Amazon and other online retailers have regarding the payment of state taxes. Ron, obviously this is a very complicated issue. There are a lot of potential ripple effects. So let's start with Amazon. How important is this issue to Amazon's bottom line? It is important. It does give them a competitive advantage. Uh, interestingly enough, though, a study out of Wells Fargo um, said even removing sales tax from, from c- competitors that um, Amazon still has prices 5 to 6% below Walmart, 12 to 13% below Target. Um, so they're, they're positioned well, even taking uh, sales tax out of, out of the picture. I looked at another study that said... Uh, the lack of sales tax in the online business will actually cause uh, states to not be able to collect about $10 billion um, in the aggregate in revenue. Uh, I think that's a big enough number to say that this is coming at some point. Andy? And it's a fat target, right? Like, given the state <laughs> of the state's economies, you have to say, like, gosh, anywhere they can get some some tax revenue is going to be a place they're going to look. The thing about Amazon that I love so much, and we've followed it for a long time as Stock Advisor and still like it very much as a recommendation, is um, its competitive advantage other than price. Price is certainly low, and that's a driving factor for so much of what they do. But I'm a member of Amazon Prime. We use it for so many things to order across the board, not just books, but almost you know household goods, electronics, everything you can think of. Amazon has built this franchise around what they do, other than price, and they just no one else has been really been able to compete with them on that scale. In my point, in I, my view, I completely agree with that. And, and an actual benefit from this could be 
Amazon has been reluctant to open up distribution centers really around the country because if they have a presence in a specific state, they could actually end up being subject to that sales tax for yep. that state. If that goes away, and you know what, sales tax is an inevitability, they can start opening up distribution centers in a much more significant way around the country, improve the shipping experience that people have, move to same day or certainly overnight shipping really across the board, and, and even improve the experience that is already pretty fantastic right now. When you look at the politics of this, though, I mean, just taking Texas and California, you've got in, in Texas, you have a very conservative Republican governor, and in California, a a liberal Democratic governor, and they've both vetoed this type of tax uh, in the last few weeks. Um, is this the kind of thing that is this a case where the genie is out of the bottle and states aren't going to be able to handle this on their own? That that if this tax comes to bear somewhere down the line, it's going to come from the federal level. Well, Bezos has said that he believes it's unconstitutional because uh, the Constitution prohibits states from interfering in interstate commerce, yep. and the actual logistics of charging all these different sales taxes all, all over the place are hard um, from a company perspective, and and they have loosely suggested that let's make this a federal uh, mandate, although they haven't really raised a finger to make yeah. it happen. <laughs> They're not in any hurry. Um, I don't know. I actually think it ends up being a state-by-state state thing, and companies are going to just have to deal with it. Wait, logistically harder than like coordinating millions of accounts <laughs> and shipping millions of goods across the country? It seems disingenuous. I was going to yeah. say, I'm, I'm an Amazon uh, uh, consumer. I'm a shareholder. I love the company. But uh, on a basic fairness level, this just seems like it just isn't right. It, it was fine in the beginning to help uh, a new industry, a new paradigm of commerce. Um, and at some point, I think that advantage has to go away. Although it is interesting, uh, Chris, you mentioned the two governors. If I was Jerry Brown in the state of California sitting in the seat that he's sitting in with all of the internet commerce companies contributing to political campaigns in California, right. I would be wary of signing <laughs> yeah. this bill as well, too. And, and Governor Perry in Texas is a conservative, so he's going to veto almost any tax increase. Now, as I said, this obviously is going to affect online retailers in general, but it is it has been dubbed the Amazon tax. Uh, with that in mind, what is one tax that you would like to administer and and name along with it, Charlie? Uh, the Twitter tax along with the <laughs> hashtag surcharge. <laughs> nice. Just going right yeah, to Twitter. Right. Ron? I would put a tax on anybody who uses the term chief with the finger gun, like, hey, chief, <laughs> that guy is taxed. <laughs> Are you getting that a lot yeah, around I'm the getting office? It, getting it yeah. enough. Wow. I just did it to Ron the other day. <laughs> chief, what's up? <laughs> Uh, Chris, I'm I'll, I'm a metro rider here in the D.C. area, and I will go with um, gum smacking inside the metro car is just uh, uh, the most annoying thing I can think of. Especially the metro car is very quiet, except for someone <laughs> chomping on a piece of gum. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, since both the NFL and the NBA are um, having labor disputes, uh, which I, I always look at pro sports labor disputes as millionaires versus billionaires. Anytime there's a work stoppage. All, all of them. Tax on all of them and, uh, I don't know, take the money and fund public parks or something like that. I don't know. Wow, Ron, going with the hey chief. I don't know. <laughs> Drop us an email, radio at fool.com. Tell us what tax you would like to create and name. And by all means, include a new nickname for Ron because clearly hey chief isn't cutting it. So radio at fool.com. Drop us a note. Andy Cross, Ron Gross, Charlie Travers. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. As thanks, always. <laughs> As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. 
That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Hey, Chief, I'm sorry, but I'm coming after you. One thing is certain, there ain't nothing you